0: Welcome to the also show of entrepreneurship and regional development podcast. Each publication in our journal is a great opportunity to share significant and audacious contribution to a large audience. My guest today is Björn Volan from Philips University of Marburg in Germany. He co authored a paper entitled The Feathers of the SIB in an Uncertain Business Environment, an experimental study in Burkina Faso. He co authored this paper with Miriam Annes, Marco Nilgen, and Michael Kosfeld. It has been published in Entrepreneurship and Regional Development, a journal edited by Teller and Francis. Bjorn, welcome to our podcast.
1: Yeah, good morning, Vincent. Thank you for inviting me and giving me this nice opportunity.
0: Can you tell us, what is the origin of your paper? Why have you decided to address this particular topic? And what is the question you aim to answer?
1: Well, this kind of gave me a hard uh, time because we started the project in 2010, 2009, a very long time ago. Um, and it was one of our co-authors, Miriam Hartness. She was contacted to carry out a, a larger survey in Burkina Faso, in Ouagadougou, in uh, West Africa. Um, on the topic of informal sharing norms. So how do people help each other in terms of need? Um, How much of kind of remittances are sent between them? And it was uh, based on a panel data collection of uh, um, using survey data. So, but she also started her PhD and wanted to do her own project within that larger data collection. So we thought about um, addressing this topic in a different way because we are um, both Michael Kusfeld is a professor for behavioral economics and myself uh, at, at the moment as well right at this time I was a, I was a postdoc um, so we sat together and kind of tried to um, reflect how we could answer this question using experimental design so not having a correlational evidence between how people um, that are affected with more sharing obligations, how do they behave, but rather directly um, influence sharing obligation and see how people react on them, because we wanted to address uh, causality of this question. And um, I mean, at that time, there was not much evidence. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence from anthropologists that kind of what people share might not be voluntary oftentimes, right? The money they share might be rather demanded from the social network. Um, and if you have a business, a small business in, in an, one of the poorest countries in the world, right, you can kind of be sure that a lot of your family members uh, rely, depend on your income, right? So, and then the question is, um, is this kind of reducing your effort that you put into your entrepreneurial activity because you know you have to share so much or you have to give a lot of your income to uh, your big family network, right? So not only your close kin but also related kin um, oftentimes. So our research was done in Ouagadougou, the capital city, but the family typically lives um, lives more on the on the countryside and and might consist of a lot of brothers, siblings and they all might rely on the income from a few people in the network Um, so this might be on the one hand gives you gives you of course help right they they might help you um when you're sick or old and so on Um, but while you're working it might kind of have a negative effect on your on your uh, entrepreneurial activity so in sub-saharan africa there are a lot of small enter enterprises they don't grow bigger there's kind of a missing let's say medium medium size uh, firm size in the in the distribution of firms right so they stay very small and you know there could be many reasons why this is the case like technology lacking or skills or human capital or maybe the infrastructure but one might also be this cultural norms of sharing uh, which might be a disincentive for, for business entrepreneurs to grow bigger, because if they grow bigger, you know, they have a lot of efforts that they might also share more. Um, yeah, so this is kind of the question that we were trying to to set up with a field experiment, which was a very new thing, if you remember back then in 2010, right? So we wanted that people are unaware that they are part of the experiment. Um, and And so we had to design kind of a, a rather complex setup to study this.
0: What are the the main contributions of your paper?
1: So this is exactly the the method that I just tried to uh, outline. I think we kind of um, sampled tailors in in Ouagadougou. So tailors are the are the ones that are the the biggest informal entrepreneurs in Ouagadougou. So there are quite a lot of them, um, and the confection industry is really yeah significant in Western Africa. And so <clears throat> the question is, so how can we answer this question in a causal way? So divide tailors into control and treatment groups um, and, and then measure their effort. So that we measured effort later on in how many bags they could produce in 24 hours. So we gave them a job offer. Um, and 24 hours later, we came and kind of paid them for each bag they produced. And there were two conditions. So the one condition, tailors were not informed about anything. We just say, okay, here's a. Um, we have this offer. So a friend of mine is looking for these bags, and we gave a sample bag, how they should look like. We gave some material, and we gave some um, starting money so that they could buy if they needed some 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 other material to kind of get started. So they all had the kind of the similar similar environment to work on. So we we provided this and then uh, said okay so this friend is leaving tomorrow to Germany um, so I will come back in 24 hours and collect as much as you produced and and pay you accordingly right but in a treatment group um, we had a we had to kind of inform the treatment the the the, the network of the tailor um, in a way that was a bit more complicated um so we had several stages so we had a census of all tailors then we made a survey with all of them and in the survey we asked the tailor whom they transfer money to so and then we also asked the phone number of the people they transfer money to and we used that information to actually call the network members uh, in a kind of unrelated thing right so they didn't know that this is part part of course of this whole study so the the network member was kind of We try to call them and we say okay ah we are doing this in the study um and we are interested in also again uh, how people uh, in burkina faso help each other and we're asking okay from whom do they receive help and if that network member would would basically come up and say the name of the tailor we would say ah that's interesting that you mentioned a, a, a tailor because I have a friend who is kind of looking for tailors in, in Wagadougou and he might have a good lucrative business opportunity for you. Right. And then the, the other person would say, ah, yeah, okay. And and he would give the, the address of the tailor. And so that in that case, kind of the, the network was informed that there will be a, a bigger offer uh, to the tailor. And when we also came to the tailor, we told him, ah, we got your, we got your address from your brother or nephew, whoever we kind of um, uh, contacted during the telephone interview. And so this was kind of the, the treatment intervention that one group was kind of could work without pressure and the other could work with this kind of knowledge that the, the network was informed, right? So the main contribution was setting this up and actually also, so the evidence before was not in kind of field experiments, but in maybe laboratory experiments where, um, you know, the, the the subjects, they're kind of not tailors and they know that they are an experiment. And there one could clearly see that there is a tendency for people to hide income in front of your family. Um, but yeah, but first of all, we, we didn't want to look at hiding only, but we wanted to look at effort, how this um, affects the effort of tailors, because we just saw this is the, the more interesting question, right?
0: What also you, the, the main theoretical and or methodological challenge or challenges in addressing such a question?
1: Mm, I think the one that I outlined earlier, just informing the network, the kind of how we, um, you know, kind of, in yeah, the treatment, the treatment group, kind of how we, how we established the treatment group and set up the whole stage of having a, a census, having a, um, then we had a, survey so with 400 tailors and then we made this kind of phone calls with some tailors and then we went um, to kind of give the job offer and also this job offer we had to do it in very short time otherwise then they would talk to each other the tailors and rumors would be spreading and saying okay well this guy always says he leaves in 24 hours but <laughs> he already said that last week so we kind of had to do this in, in very very short period of time um, and we also managed to do so and I think a particular ex- challenge for us was also to kind of come up with a sample bag, right? So it's, it was made of rice bags. And we before, we had to drive through whole uh, Ouagadougou on our motorbikes and collect all potential rice bags. That I think at the end, we were the only person that had rice bags in whole Ouagadougou because we needed to give this as a material to the tailors, right? And then we had some tailors that helped us kind of producing different bags. So we had this kind of bags where you put your your toothbrush in, right? So it's kind of, uh, um, the material is kind of, they had two pockets left and right. And, and, you know, it was a bit complicated, but not too complicated. And also it shouldn't be too easy that they would produce hundreds of bags. So we kind of ended up testing one bag, which then, um, you know, within 24 hours, the average production was about eight bags or so, right? So, and kind of coming to exactly this kind of bag, which is kind of feasible, but also, you know, you get variation in, in how much effort you put in, the more bags you can produce. And so I think this was, was really a tricky, but also fun thing to kind of experiment on uh, for us.
0: <laughs> During your research journey, what was your biggest surprise or maybe the most counterintuitive result?
1: I think the biggest, of course, was that we didn't find a treatment effect. (laughs) I mean, it was on one hand, it might be uh, related to the sample size, which was not super large, was about 120 um, tailors, which is, however, um, not too little. Also, you know, conducted power analysis. And I think we could have uh, we could have found a treatment effect of 1.5 bags difference. So this is also what we would think is economically relevant difference between uh, the treatment and the control. Um, but then what, what we thought, it, it's not really counterintuitive in a way that we we kind of not only measured the bag production, but also how, how they were producing the bags. So we could find out that, let's say in the treatment group, you know, the network was anyway informed. So the tailors would say, I cash in on them, right? I bring all my network member to help me. And in the control group, the tailor would not call on the network, but they would call on working longer, right? Because then, and that was what we wanted to see, right? We thought, okay, they would put in more effort, but the treatment group was also clever in the sense that they said, well, if I have to share anyway, I can also let them work on this offer together, right? Um, so it was not super counterintuitive. And and we only figured this out after kind of... Um, when we collected the bags, we kind of talked to the tailors and, and tried to figure out how they were dealing. So a lot of them also reported problems that like electricity cuts or uh, the sewing machine didn't work and so on, right? And we, we weren't sure whether this was always like a, a true or like rather an excuse. And, and we could also see another thing that um, if you encountered problems, let's say self-reported problems, and you were in a treatment group, so where you have your social network that's kind of anyway informed, you know, you, you just ask them and and we could see when tailors face problems, they're much easier dealt with in the, in the setting when their network is informed because they call on their network and they can help in multiple ways, right? So So that's why we saw basically no incentive effect that the control group works more. Because also the control group were facing problems and they couldn't deal with the problems as good as the in the treatment group, and the treatment group they they then had a lot of tailors helping, so this kind of was offset. So there was no no treatment effect, um, and we also found that, um, which was not counterintuitive, I would say, um, you know, that a lot of tailors did not produce anything, and it was a really big offer, so they could make. Um, 4 dollars per bag and and we kind of compared it to the weekly profit that they make so by just producing four bags they would make the whole week weekly profit in very short time um so this is kind of of course on the one hand related to problems but also maybe you know a lack of seeing this business opportunity which might then be part of the the problem mentioned in the beginning so why do businesses do not grow right so they they might not um, see this opportunity as such a big one and and also this high number of electricity related problems which is known in burkina faso and Ouagadougou, especially in the dry season and when it's very hot but it's still how this impacts uh, small entrepreneurs i think this was uh, also interesting for us to kind of see and how how they deal with these things right
0: what are the main implications of your work for entrepreneurs, policymakers, managers, or practitioners
1: in general? I think um, yeah, we answered like not the real the question that we're interested in about the cultural norms of sharing um, that this is really an impediment to growing of small firms, and we could kind of in our case find that this is a very um, you know, maybe too short of an answer, because uh, the network is really helpful in in many other ways that we didn't think about in the first place. And depending on how you study the question, you wouldn't realize, right, if you would uh, just do lab experiments, or maybe by just looking at survey data, you wouldn't see the whole process that is kind of unfolding, as we saw it within those uh, 24 hours. So I would kind of and to say that there's an overemphasis, maybe on this cultural norm question here in this particular case, I would then argue that so what uh, needs to be done is really get the electricity in place that this is really working. And um, <clears throat> maybe there might be a lack of capital that the firms do not grow and maybe also some some business training in terms of that people know how to you know, kind of grab the opportunity when it's there um so i was really unsure why some tailors kind of declined it so they might have been suspicious in terms of asking okay uh, why are you only coming back tomorrow maybe they are not kind of used to this short working period right they typically take an order and then kind of finish whenever they are done um so so this goes more mainly to um you know, kind of highlighting the benefits uh, of the social network, although we kind of set out to show that there is also this dark side of solidarity, which is kind of hampering maybe um, effort, but we didn't kind of, we rather again saw more the bright side of solidarity in this case, that it is really uh, quite helpful for, for these businesses. And especially, you know, also if you think of starting up a business. This is, of course, also done with a lot of family help, right? So they might, um, a lot of tailors got their initial income from their family. So this kind of also creates this obligation of paying back over time, which makes a lot of sense. So it's not um, all this black and white. So there are a lot of nuances in how people share, for what reasons, and, and they also get something back.
0: Thanks a lot Bjorn for participating to our show and presenting your paper entitled The Fetters of the Sib: in an Uncertain Business Environment, an Experimental Study in Burkina Faso. All our podcasts are available on entrepreneurship and on the main podcast platform.